Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Well, praise God. Welcome back. Wisdom and Stuff Podcast. This is Daryl Boucher. And uh, today we're going to get into something that, um, I don't know, I, I just, it's something that the Lord talked to me about years ago, and it actually has, has helped just my walk with people uh, to to get to a whole nother level. Uh, understand that, that obviously, you know, our life is hid with Christ and God, and, and we are complete in Him, but we're designed to walk this life out with people, and we're going to be with people forever and ever, obviously. Uh, and on this earth, we can have some issues with people, right? I mean, people seem to be obviously the biggest hindrance to us, you know, walking out some of the things we're supposed to walk in. Uh, and the, the 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 reason for that is because we need to understand our role with God and with people. If I'm if I'm having a problem with a person, it's because I don't understand my role with God. And um, with Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, we know after they after they partook of the fruit, they the first thing they did though was they experienced spiritual death. They experienced separation from God in their minds. It says in Colossians that that we were once alienated and enemies in our minds by wicked works. So the first thing that happened with them was that their mind began to tell them that they were an alien enemy to God. And now what they saw the very the very next of I mean now that verse obviously is in Colossians and that's speaking toward the state of every person who has who is in uh, a, a sinful relationship and uh, and not obviously in a covenant relationship with God through the blood of Jesus and so here here Adam and Eve they God said that hey the day you eat of this you're going to surely die you're going to be separated from me and so the first Thing that was affected was their mind. Their mind became they became an alien enemy to God. They felt separation in their mind. And then the very next thing that happens, though, is we see an outward result of that. Outward consequence of that was is when they they covered themselves with fig leaves. They they felt shame. They felt shame. They didn't want somebody to see them. It doesn't say that they covered each other. It doesn't say that Adam now, you know, wanted Eve covered or Eve wanted Adam covered. It doesn't say that. It says they covered themselves. So the the, the first outward effect of a sin consciousness was this the sense of shame and insecurity between each other. Now, the verse at the end of, of chapter 2, before they partook of, of sin, that at the end of chapter 2, it says they were both naked and unashamed. That That's in there for a reason. You know, God wanted to make a point that... that in an innocent state where there is no sin, when, there no, when there's no sense of separation between us and God, there's also no shame between us and other people. There's no insecurity between us and other other people. And so, so our our issue is never necessarily just on on you know what we're doing with with people. We're doing it, it has to do with our relationship with God. And the more uh you know the 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 bolder and more righteous understanding we have and the the more understanding we have of who we are with God that's going to free us up to love one another in a in in a higher way and in really the only way that we can love one another is as, as we love we love one another as God loves us as Christ loves the church and so but our understanding of you know his love for us our love with him and how we walk in love comes from us and him and so uh, we know with Adam and Eve you know they they you know 
they covered themselves. And then, of course, when God shows up, they you know Adam throws Eve under the bus and be like, oh no, it's all her fault. Blah, and they begin to accuse and blame. And so there's this suddenly this self preservation that 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 becomes the the preeminent role that they have with their relationship to one another is self preservation. And so. Anyway, that's still what we see today. We see there's a lot of competition. You know, even in the church, I mean, because there's there's so much competition in the church, and usually where it comes from is ultimately it comes it comes from an insecurity that we have with our father. And so, you know, if I'm looking to accuse my brother, if I'm looking to, um, you know, be a critical heart toward them, honestly, I you know, I'm just telling on myself. You know, this is that uh, being critical is something that. I had to really break off. And once in a while, there's still residue that comes up. And I'm like, wait a minute, that was a critical, critical thought toward my brother and my sister and the Lord. And I should not have any of those. And so, uh, but being critical toward one another, being, you know, just uh, judgmental toward one another, being, you know, just hyper corrective, where we, we feel like we have to correct everybody all the time. Um, uh, it's not for their benefit. That's because we're in self preservation mode. And uh, and self preservation comes from a place where where we're we're trying to to prove how good we are to our dad, and we're like, hey, dad, look at me, I'm the good kid, and I'm the good kid. That means everybody else is not as good as me. And so instead of you know the, the Bible says that that if we you know anybody who's spiritual, if we see a brother in a, in a fault or if we see somebody fall, he who is spiritual restores a brother. We run to restore. Right? That's what spiritual people do. That's what somebody who's right with God does because we realize, oh, I was forgiven. I have grace. I have the blood of Jesus. I have uh, the, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and so are they. And so to freely receive and then to freely give, that's a, a spiritual mentality where we're not looking to find fault. We're not, we don't have that, that, that attitude of like, you know, when we hear somebody, you know, Maybe maybe they blew it. Maybe they sinned. Maybe they got you know exposed. Maybe they maybe they just repented. And they said, "Hey, I repent of this." Instead of, of be like, "Oh yeah, well I always knew there was something wrong there," or I always I always had a suspicion. No, no, no. Suspicion is not of God. Accusation is not of God. That that's those are all things that the enemy actually produces, and it comes from the devil himself. And so, uh, so that where that comes from, though, the root of it is our insecurity between us and God, and we're still trying to you know find a pecking order uh, where we want to be you know somehow thought of in 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 His sight in a good way, and so we think we have to tear people down to be thought of as better. And uh, instead, if we just had our if we just receive righteousness freely, and we're like, oh glory to God, I'm the apple of His eye, and He loves. me me, man, I just, I, I, you know, I just, God loves me so much. He can't stand to be without me. He loves me so much. And when we begin to understand that, that we're worthy of that love, then we begin to see that everybody else is also worthy of that love. Not because of their behavior, but because of their nature, because they're, they were made in a secret place that our father chose them and, 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 and formed them in his own heart. And he fearfully and wonderfully made them. So anyway, uh, just I just want to get into to a subject here, just basically our communication with one another. How are we communicating, and what is it that fuels that communication? Because communication is really the barometer and the the compass of every relationship. Our our our, our relationship with somebody is not going to be any deeper than our communication with them. Okay, and so uh, if all I do is ever just you know say, how's the weather, you know, or, or did you see, you know, the, uh, did you see this football game or did you, you know, if all I'm doing is making small talk with somebody, 
I'm not going to have a very deep relationship with them. I'm going to have a casual, uh, you know, acquaintance-based relationship where, where I know them, I know that blah, blah, blah. I know some, some, some facts about them, but that's about it. And so to be able to actually share with one another on a higher level, we have to communicate on a higher level. And communication is the key to deep relationships. And so what we have to do is we have to begin to really begin to, to, to look at ourselves and saying, okay, how do I communicate? How, you know, what is fueling my communicating? Why am I, why am I saying what I'm saying? You know, what's really the motivation for them and for that? And, and how can I actually, um, I guess, re, you know, just, just reconcile my communication pa- pattern to the Lordship of Jesus and allow him to tell me what to say. You know, Jesus said, I only say that which I've seen with my father. He, he literally said, I, you know, what's coming out of my mouth in, in John 6, he goes, I only say that my words are spirit in their life. And so our words can be spirit in life too, right? You know, in James, it says that, that you know, how can, how can a fountain have bitter water and sweet water at the same time? He goes, so how, how can we actually allow blessings to come out of our mouth and cursings at the same time? How can we how can we walk by one person and say bless you and another person we accuse them or we're critical of them? See, he goes, it's impossible because uh, you know Jesus said in Matthew twelve that the good man and the good treasure is, come, is is producing good things out of his heart, and the evil man the evil treasure is producing evil things out of his heart, and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth is speaking, and so. We want to make sure that our communication pattern comes up very purposely onto a higher level here. And it says in uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 and in verse 29, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Now, I, I think this is so huge here. He says, he says that, He's talking to Christians here. He's talking to born-again, spirit-filled, Jesus-loving Christians. And he says, okay, here's one thing that we have to do. We have to make sure that no corrupt communication is coming out of our mouth. He goes, but make sure that that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. He goes, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So one of the, one of the ways I'll grieve the Holy Spirit is by basically, you know, allowing corrupt communication to come out of my mouth. Because the Holy Spirit is in me, and he wants to flow rivers of living water out of me, right? And he does that through my heart and out of my mouth. And I can actually grieve the Holy Spirit by using my mouth for something that's not designed to use. It's actually, I mean, I love the fact that it says, but it goes, only make sure that that, that which is good to the use of edifying, that ministers grace to the hearers. That, to me, tells me that that part of the DNA of my mouth, part of the DNA of, of why I have the ability to speak is that my the nature of what comes out of my mouth has the ability and is designed to, number one, edify people. So I can literally build people up. I can actually, and this is, and, and that might impart or minister grace unto the hearer. I love that. That, that word minister means in part, and to impart grace to the hearer. That God's grace, this grace that is more than enough, this grace that actually empowers us to do all things, that Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God, that there, there is a manifold grace of God that we walk in, that the grace of God is his ability, his, his tangible, physical, uh, uh, spiritual, mental, emotional, financial, relational, uh, you know, every his abilities in all 
always are come from the throne of God into our heart, and it's called grace. And it actually establishes us, it grows us, it strengthens us, it settles us, it empowers us. It does. We are what we are by the grace of God. And here he says that that I can actually speak and impart grace to the hearer. That 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 the the DNA of our words are literally designed to carry grace and to actually build people up with it. So that so that when they leave our presence, they actually can walk in more grace than before they came to us. Am I in that amazing? That God literally created our heart and our mouth to be channels of His grace. That we can edify people. That we can build them up. And we can literally be like, Oh my goodness, they just walked away with more grace than they came with. They can walk away and not not praising us, not 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 extolling who we are, not sitting there going, Wow, wow, uh, you know. Brother Daryl has so much wisdom. Who cares? I want them to walk away knowing who they are in Christ. I want them to walk away knowing that, man, God loves them so much and that they are worthy of that love and that they can actually do all things. They can do all things through Christ which strengthens them. That they walk away with such grace abounding to them so that they can abound to every good work like the Word says. And so... But he says, this is what our mouth is designed for. Our mouth is designed for this. And if if I'm doing something less than that, then I can grieve the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's in me to pour out to other people. And obviously he strengthens me, he edifies me, but I can actually be a vessel by which other people can get edified. Now I just, honestly, I think this is so amazing. I, I really just want us to, to begin to uh, just challenge, you know, e- even in our thought process through the day, the reason why we can speak, the reason why we can communicate. We we tend to use communication for petty things most of the time. You know, we tend to use communication for just like I said, shooting the breeze or doing whatever. And, and there's nothing wrong with with you know just saying hi or whatever. But at the same time, we need to realize that Jesus spoke the words of, of spirit and of life. He only spoke what he saw his father do. He only spoke that which he heard with his father. And so you know, it doesn't mean we have to just be like, you know, uh, some hyper spiritual person who doesn't know how to have a normal conversation. It just means we need to realize, okay, our speech patterns and, and, and our words are designed for something. And in, into, when we walk into a situation, when we walk into, uh, you know, and the, the problem is that we tend to, we tend to carry more honor, you know, into, uh, an unfamiliar situation than we do than we do with the people that we're around every day. We tend to dishonor the familiar, and 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 so one of the things that I want to encourage you with is is begin to pay attention to, you know, when you're walking, you know, up to your wife or your your husband or your kids or your coworkers or or your brothers or sisters, whoever you are around all the time. You know, are you are you cognizantly aware of your purpose there in your communication? Are we saying, okay, Lord, I, I seriously, Jesus, I want you to be Lord over this conversation, and I want you to have your way here, and I believe that my words are designed to impart grace to 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 my husband or my wife, grace to my kids today. My words are designed for this. I literally carry something that can impart grace today. I carry words. I carry the life of God on the inside of me. I have rivers of living water on the inside of me, and I can actually speak grace to them. I can impart life to people. I don't just have to give them facts and figures and information. I don't have to be an information dispensary. I can literally just just encourage them. I can find a way to encourage. I can find a way to bless. I can find a way to lift up people. I can find a way to, to, to not necessarily flatter them. Flattery is a corrupted form. Uh, like I said, let no corrupt communication. That means that, that, that our communication should be pure. Corruption means it's been mixed with something, right? So, 
so you know we tend to to corrupt communication is t- with us tends to be mixed with like it was in the garden self-preservation or just insecurity or we have agendas you know that that we you know you know how it is with with your kids like you know when they're teenagers especially you know um they get a little older and they'll be like you know they're trying to get something by doing something else they're like oh yeah hey let me take out the trash let me vacuum the floor let me look my room is so clean today isn't it amazing and you're like okay what do you want you know what do you want why because they're communicating something but it has an agenda tied to it right and honestly, you know, as an adult, I've done this lots of times, not, not, you know, with the same avenues. I don't, you know, need to make my bed to get something, but, uh, but I've, I've, you know, talk to people in kind of a surreptitious way where it's like, I'm, 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 I'm kind of being conniving about it where it's like, I really have an agenda and it's not necessarily a bad agenda. It could be a great agenda, but I'm still going about it the wrong way. Right. And so, so where, where I'm like trying to, I'm kind of beating around the bush because the whole time I'm thinking about something that I would like to have done, or I want to do for them or with them instead of just being upfront and being like, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about this? Um, and that's, stems from really uh, in me and just, just kind of telling on myself, it stems from an insecurity from when I was a kid where I didn't feel like I was worthy to actually ever bring up anything or talk to talk to people. I never felt, felt I, was ta- I was worthy to talk to people or that they would ever want to hear my ideas or they would ever want to hear what I had to say. And so... So I would, I would really beat around the bush a lot. And, and it was because of an insecurity I had. And so I, I, you know, one of the, the narratives I had in my mind growing up was if I wanted to get something or if I wanted something to happen a certain way, even if it was for their benefit, I would have to do it. I'd have to, you know, kind of like go all the way around and try to work it in so that they would think it was their idea. And I don't mind, I don't care whose idea it is. I just, I, I realized in me that I was being deceptive in my forms of communication and I was because even though it was something that I honestly wanted only for their benefit, I was still doing it in a deceptive way uh, because I was being just, you know, kind of conniving about it a little bit. And, and I was hiding an agenda as I was talking to people. Now, uh, anyway, uh, that was just like just one of the things that I had to get exposed over the years. And like I said, everybody might have their own thing. I don't know, but uh, but we don't let, need to let corrupt communication. We can't allow something to be coming out of our mouth that even at, you know the the ends don't don't justify the means. In other words, we don't even though it might have a good outcome, we need to we need to do it the right way, and we need to allow our communication to be pure. To be Jesus said, "Let your yea be yea, let your nay be nay." In other words, just be just be just up front and it doesn't mean you have to be crude or rude it doesn't mean you have to be insulting uh it just means that you don't need to be deceptive about it right and and we don't need to hide an agenda um and the, you know the other thing too is uh, i found in my life is that especially after i got married i really had to ask myself why i was about to say what i was about to say and uh, and this has happened. This happened a lot of times over the years where I was about to say something, and suddenly my heart. And I, yeah, I give permission to the Holy Spirit to to you know say, okay, challenge me if I'm about to say something. I want that correction. I want that correction inwardly. I, I want that correction before I say something. And so when I gave him that permission, when I literally allowed, I said, okay, Holy Spirit. I literally don't want corrupt communication. I literally, I only want to speak edifying and grace, grace imparting words. I want to speak love. I want to speak the truth in love, right? I want, I want to speak truth and I want to speak it in love. And uh, and honestly, I don't think you can, I don't think you can separate those two. I think that they're, they're conjoined, but still, that's what I wanted. I want to speak the truth in love like Jesus did. I want, I want to, 
edify people. I want to build people up. And so I don't want there to be hidden agenda. And I don't want there to be selfishness tied to my, to, to my, to my words. The, the Bible says that love seek, doesn't seek its own. There is no self agenda. And, uh, and honestly, that's a big one. That's a really big one, right? That, that people get into is a self agenda. And so I had to be like, okay, why, why am I about to say that? What, what, what is my motivation for what I'm about to say right now? And honestly, there was, oh, so many times when I, I was about to say something, and then I began to ask myself why I was about to say it, and I just ended up not saying anything because I realized it wasn't going to edify. I only wanted to say it to voice uh, an emotion I was having, like, you know, oh, this, you know, whatever, something that, that didn't, you know, whatever, didn't set right with me or whatever. And it's not wrong to, to uh, you know, like I said, just to, to say, you know what, you know, this is, you know, this is something that, that doesn't set well with me. There's nothing wrong to say that if it is for the benefit of the other person. You know, if it's, in other words, if, if I see somebody that has a, that has a, um, you know, a, a destructive pattern in their communication or in what, how they're relating people. And I, I know it's destructive to their relationships. Then I need to, I, I should talk to them about it and be like, Hey, I see this pattern and I, I want you free of that pattern. But if I'm just, if I'm just, you know, getting butthurt about something, uh, love doesn't carry an offense. Love doesn't actually ever, you know, get hurt that way. And so if I'm just, if I'm just voicing something that makes me mad, if I'm voicing something that, that, upsets me that's just still selfish in nature it's not for their benefit that's for my benefit and uh, granted if it's something that that person needs to change to have healthier relationships then then that is just should be my motivation but if i'm just wanting to point out how wrong they were or point out how wrong how right i was or point out how they made me feel blah 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 that's all still selfish and uh, and so those are things that i really had to a weed out of my communication patterns where I would be about to say something like, Oh, I, I, the Holy spirit is saying, why, why are you about to say that? And so I would stop and I would evaluate it. And I, and sometimes I wouldn't say anything at all. Sometimes I would literally have to, I realized what I was, what I was going to say might've been right, but it was going to be the wrong way. And so I just wanted to make sure that I had no corrupt communication. I'm still walking this out. Right. And so uh, I, what I want to get into, I, I, we're, we're about out of time for this session, but, uh, but man, this is such a powerful, powerful thing that we can walk in is, is a grace filled, edifying form of communication that's pure, pure from the heart of God. And I want to get into, um, probably one more session of this because there's, there's a part of this I think is really going to be helpful that helped me a lot in my life, but let's go ahead and pray and wrap the session up. Father, I thank you for t- this time. I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in us. You're growing us up. Praise God that we are no longer babes. We're no longer children, Lord God. We're childlike, but not childish. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're just growing us up and how we communicate with people, how we love people, and Father, that we can give, give grace to the hearer. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.